me, it was all about whatever I can do to, to be thin, right? right? I had never thought about muscle. I had never even given it any thought until, until I needed it. <laughs> but right. even then, it, it was ingrained in my head still that muscle was masculine, it was macho. I didn't even know what the goal was. That's the point. And so now when I talk to women and they're talking about how much they weigh and I say, hey, let's talk in terms of body composition. Right. And we have the conversations about bulking up and all they want to do is, is really they want to lose weight. And of course they want to be healthy, but that's second to looking good, right? The real sell is that muscle is your avenue to reach those goals, whatever they be, whether it's looking good naked in the mirror or, you know, I want to, you know, live as long as possible and I want my quality of life to be as optimal and superior as possible. Inform Nation, welcome to episode 33 of the Inform Fitness Podcast, 20 minutes or more with Adam Zickerman and friends. I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network and client of Inform Fitness. And today we have a very special edition of the Inform Fitness Podcast because we said it's Adam Zickerman and friends, but Adam, why don't you go ahead and introduce the friends that are joining us today? Friends in every every sense of the word, friends. So today we have with us three of my favorite women, aside from my wife. We have Sheila with us, which we all know. She's been with us from the beginning. And we have Ann Kirkland, who is our senior trainer over at Burbank, and she's a rock star. <laughs> And uh, again, sexy and, uh, you know, just all around amazing person. And of course, we have Nicole Gustafson, my partner in crime in our Virginia location. And uh, again, she's my muse. She's uh, one of the most honorable and uh, beautiful people I've ever met in my life, quite honestly. And we're here today. I'm, I'm going to take, take a back seat to these fabulous women and listen to them talk about everything about women and exercise. And of course, we have Mike also is going to sit down with us and uh, kind of take a back seat, which is very hard for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I could dress up like a woman, but you guys don't want to see it. <clears throat> so she I look like Sarah Jessica Parker when I'm in <laughs> It's her ugly cousin. <laughs> so, Sheila, th this episode's for the girls, and this is something that you and I have talked about for quite some time, that you you're getting a lot of feedback from uh, your, your clients at Inform Fitness, and sometimes this uh, this podcast, because there's three men on the show, and you... Three men and a woman. And it's a little <laughs> testosterone heavy at times, right? So, this well, one's yeah. for the girls. And I'm always trying to get my uh, opinion in there and try to be the voice of those women, but I thought... You know, I'm so excited about today because I have, you know, Adam has a lot of women involved with Inform Fitness, and these two are the most, the strongest uh, women in literally and figuratively, and they're very um, dynamic, and I cannot wait to have this conversation because we're going to just talk about how we all got involved in this and what are some of the main issues that we encounter with our women clients so I just want to kind of reiterate or refresh everybody's memory how I got involved with this. I was introduced to this workout um, in 2005 where I was introduced to Greg Burns, who's one of the old school guys. He's in Calabasas. I used to work out with him. He gave me a book, um, The Power of Ten. 
by Adam Zuckerman. So I was aware of Adam, and then Greg kept telling me, you need to, you should get certified. You should get certified. You have good genetics. You should get certified. So I finally decided to get certified. Well, as everyone knows, when you have good genetics, you got to get certified. <laughs> I know. Greg's always talking about genetics, which, you know, another one like Ryan Hall. But um, I, so I decided to do that in 2010, and that's when I met Adam. And it was literally one of the best things I've ever decided to do. Went through the whole certification course just felt like this whole new world opened for me. And then in 2012, the opportunity came up for us to open the Inform Fitness in Burbank, California. So now it's my whole world. And I want to introduce now one of the second women that got involved like just maybe a few months after we opened the Inform Fitness in Burbank. We heard, okay, there's another one location opening in Virginia. So I would like to introduce everybody in the podcast to Nicole Gustafson, who now owns not one, but two Inform Fitness locations. So Nicole, welcome. welcome. Thank you. And um, why don't you explain to us how you got into this workout? How did you find out about this workout? How did you get involved with, how did you meet Adam? How did this whole all come about for you? I would say that that even being involved in the industry, the health and wellness industry, the fitness industry was the furthest thing from my agenda. Um, I studied economics in college. I went on to get a master's uh, in economics and business management. My whole focus was foreign exchange, investment management, and, uh, and I went on to law school. And in the fall of 2008, I had twin girls, and the three months prior to the delivery of my girls, um, I was in pretty poor shape. And um, without getting into too much, um, too far into it, I I had been told that I was not going to have kids, mm. that I could not have kids. Wow. Then, much surprise to me, I was preg- pregnant, and then even a bigger a surprise. Uh, when my doctor said that I was having twins. So I was, um, you know, I had to take some precautions. I was in horrible physical shape by the time that my girls came, not to mention that I now had two newborn kids. And um, my doctor said to me, this is going to sound nuts. But as soon as you can, you have to go see my personal strength trainer in downtown San Francisco, which is where I lived. And he said, you have got to do this workout because you have no time, you have no tolerance for injury, and, uh, and you have no strength, and you're in pretty bad shape. And he said to me then, he said, the good news is that it's only 20 minutes once a week. The bad news is that um, it's going to be the worst 20 minutes of your whole week, but it's going to work. <laughs> so that's how I was first. I mean, I before then, I had always, um, I had exercised for the aesthetics. I had exercised for vanity. I had never considered um, being unhealthy. I mean, I, I had just been so, so lucky and had never really given any consideration to my own health no less how I was going to take care of these two girls. So when I moved to Virginia, I found, which was, I moved to Virginia when the girls were five months old, I found another trainer who did exactly this. And um, four years of being a client myself, I started to delve a little deeper into the research. 
um, which led me first to Ken. It led me to uh, a handful of books that I devoured. Um, Adams was included. And I actually, I got on planes and, and went out and, and met the authors of those books, Adam so included. But when, when I met Adam, I said, you're it. I just loved him. Yeah. Exactly. Love so when you, when you talk about Ken, you're talking about Ken Hutchins, who was the founder of this super slow movement, and that's who Adam learned from. Yeah. Among others, yes, so, absolutely. So, so while I said, I mean, this was, this was not my plan at all, what I actually found was, I mean, you know, as a new business owner for years, everyone asks me my why. And this has just changed the game for me in every way. This has changed my life. And it was just out of necessity. I was a complete cynic, but I tried it because I didn't really have a better plan. And it was just the product of what happened to me physically and mentally in the course of five years of being a client um, that when I decided, I, I decided to open up my own business before I knew what my product was. And there it was. Wow. It was, wow. it was the game changer. It was the life changer for me. When people ask my why, you know, I say, it, this has just completely changed my life. And I can't imagine, you know, standing behind anything else. Wow, Nicole, that is a really powerful story. And all of your clients must be, that's, you know, I mean, if I were coming in and attempting to, try out the workout. If I heard that story, I'd be like, wow, it's I'm I'm in, you know, without even <laughs> trying it. So you uh, can't make this stuff up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so now I'd like to introduce um, one of my favorite people of all time too, <laughs> Miss Annie, uh, Ann Kirkland. She is our senior trainer, as Adam said, in LA. And she was a personal friend of mine, and I brought her in on this. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. <laughs> what I would like you to tell everybody, Anne, is first of all, your journey with strength training and bodybuilding, and then how we got into all this. All right. I guess it could, I guess it could take it way back. Um, when I was probably hmm, grade school, I used to watch one of my three brothers on the back patio with all of his buddies lifting weights, you know, and over a period of time, I'd watch their bodies change. And I'm like, dang, he's getting pretty, he's getting pretty uh, sizey. You know, he started getting into bodybuilding uh, and watching on the sidelines going, that's pretty cool. And then moving on with my day, but then it stuck with me. Um, I hated PE throughout my, my entire life in school. I would do anything to avoid group sports. Then I discovered weightlifting on my own. I always had this fascination with it after being, you know, just visually introduced to it, I guess. Uh, always wanted to do it, but never wanted to do it the wrong way. So I, I put it off until I had a chance to learn it correctly. Um, so I picked up what I could with whatever information I had way back in, what, 1984, when I started my first journey with a pair of dumbbells. And then I, I get involved with a guy who happened to be a certified trainer, wasn't practicing as a trainer, but he had a lot of knowledge. And he said, let me bring you into a gym and you know, train you the proper way. And I said, oh God, please don't take me into a gym. There are people in there. <laughs> I don't want to be around people. So <clears throat> reluctantly, I went in. He literally dragged me in there basically by the earlobe and then took me through a workout. And I said, where do I sign up? 
I never look back. That was a long time ago. What was that, 1991, when I f- joined my first gym? And it was a kind of gym where Corey Everson trained there. So it was like, a, yeah, it was off the beaten track. It wasn't a popular scene gym. It was a place out in Woodland Hills, California. So I fell in love with, with the whole, uh, because I had him introduce it to me the proper way. He taught me how to split routine. He taught me how to, he taught me proper form. N- you know, speed was never allowed. He was, overall, to this day, I mean, I was introduced to it very well. So I stuck with it. He created a monster. And, uh, you know. And you dumped his ass. No, he, yeah, I had to. That's another, that's another podcast, okay? <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. But I always will thank him for giving me the gift of proper strength training. So anyway, yep, you know. You still dumped his ass. I did. I did. A good thing, too, everything. because yeah. she well, has a winner sitting behind her right here in the studio. Right. Yes, <laughs> I do. So I went on with it and always remained an enthusiast and a hobbyist, uh, you know, working full-time jobs and going to the gym after the way, you know, like most of us do. Uh, then it just, uh, I got involved with going to a, a nutritionist out in Venice Beach who was uh, introduced to me by the guy who was the vice president of the company at which I worked at the time. And his name is Matt Mahold. He's at New Performance Nutrition. And uh, he changed my life. He was, the, he was my game changer. So after a period of time of going to him on a weekly basis, first of all, in 30 days, he changed my body just by simply having me eat differently. And uh, it was done on a very individualized basis. You don't go in there and get a book here, eat this, these foods. This is a diet everyone should do. That's not how it's done. Not for me, not for anybody. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big obstacle for a lot of people, women especially. Needless to say, after, you know, a number of months of going to him on a regular basis, and my, my body composition went into almost pre-competition shape. It was, like, amazing what, I, as long as I did what he said, it was amazing. And he sat me down one day, and he said, what are you doing working in a cubicle? Please go get a certification and work for me. And I said, how am I going to ever survive earning? I can't survive on that kind of thing. There's no way I can make a living. He said, you want to bet? Go get certified and work for me, and you'll never go hungry. <laughs> and he was right. So I started out as a personal trainer full-time in March of 2003 when the company I was working for was going under. And I was, I, I was going down with the ship, and I got the phone call right in time before the Titanic went down. Uh, and he said, that's it. I need a trainer. He didn't even say hello when I answered the phone. He said, so, I need a trainer. And so that was my uh, cue to jump ship go full-time, leave behind my benefits, my, my predictable income, <laughs> my 401k, everything that I was familiar with, my regular hours, And then you got my thrown routine. into the fire. I got thrown got into, thrown into yes, the fire. He, th- he gave me a list of clients that were not easy. Not at all. I had a lot of challenging clients in that, you know, here I was green. I'd, I'd been certified a year, but never had practiced really. So that was other than training my friends after work. All right, so he, that changed my life. That is when things got serious. I got very busy and became pretty successful, actually. But, you know, and then time goes on, and here we are. And Sheila keeps talking about this. So oh, I got this thing that I'm doing. I'm like, and like Nicole, I was skeptical. I'm like, once a week, come on, slow. Okay, whatever. Well, Anne was my trainer. Yeah, first, I did. I before used to I met Adam, before I got into all this, Anne was yeah. She was trainer. Sheila was one of my in-home clients. She lived about 90 seconds away from where Jean <laughs> and I used to live. So, you know, I, he, she caught me finally. We were, we were across town, and we, were, we found each other in a, in a the drugstore just by chance. And she says, hey, I've been, I've been meaning to look for you. I've got to call you. I've got to talk to you. 
I need a trainer. And at, that was at a point in my life where I was, I was just so exhausted from, from trying to do the grind. I, I really did hit a wall. I burned out. And so I said, all right, I'm listening. Tell me about this again. So she said, better you just come to the studio and let me work you out. I said, okay. And so in I went, and I got my first workout, and head was blown right off my shoulders. I had never experienced that kind of depth of muscle activation as I did with that one workout she gave me. And I'm like, all right, who do I, what do I do? What, how do I do this? And then, and then we had her talk to Adam. Yep, got and on the phone that Adam. was, yep. you know. He gave me some, uh, he, he, was, he was sort of vetting me over the phone, you know, asking me questions like, you know, when, when you train abs, do you do it? In the, do you wait for the end? Or do you, what did you ask me, Adam? It was funny. It was. <laughs> no um, idea. You asked me, you asked me <laughs> if I were going to train somebody and I was going to deliver, a, you know, an abdominal exercise, would I do it in the beginning, middle, or end? And I said, well, typically the end, because we can utilize the abs to help support all the other work we're doing. And that, I guess, won him over because he wanted to talk to me after that. <laughs> then he yeah. said, all right, light is green. Let's go. <laughs> asked me, you asked me yeah. my belief system about cardio too. So well, you had me at Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We, we all we're all music. had at Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> that's all good. So Nicole, uh, you know, when you first started doing this workout, tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your experience physically, like what what happened with you, and what you started noticing, and and those kinds of things, and and your continual experience with this because for me it's been something like that continues to be refined and continues to be refined over the years you know and it doesn't matter the question the the big question is for me is does it matter does it matter that you're a woman is there anything special about this workout specific to a woman or it doesn't matter what sex you are yes my answer will hit both of your questions um i don't recall ever giving any consideration to body composition before I recall all of my efforts in, in exercise and fitness to be completely about, about vanity. It was about burning calories. I mean, that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. And um, I behaved like the typical person. Um, you know, I was gung-ho for a month here, and I'd burn out there. I hurt myself in between. And, um, but for me, it was all about whatever I can do to, to be thin, right? right. I had never thought about muscle. I had never even given it any thought until until I needed it. <laughs> but right. even then, it, it was ingrained in my head still that muscle was masculine. It was macho. I didn't, you know, lift weights and 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 what's that for me? I mean, I didn't even know what the goal was. That's the point. I think that when you're young, and you know, I'm I'm thinking like pre-informed fitness, and now, you know, but you know, before I ever approached this. I had no concept of what my goal was, right? And so now when I talk to women and they're talking about how much they weigh and I say, hey, let's talk in terms of body composition. Right. And we have the conversations about bulking up and all they want to do is, is really they want to lose weight. And of course they want to be healthy, but you know, um, that's second to looking good, right? Yeah. And when I can make a real case for muscle um, being their avenue to all of their goals. It doesn't matter how they prioritize them. Their priorities don't have to align with mine. The real sell is that muscle is your avenue to reach those goals, whatever they be, whether it's looking good naked in the mirror 
or, you know, I want to, you know, live as long as possible and I want my quality of life to be as optimal and superior as possible. Um, you know, so my goals have changed, but it doesn't really ma ma matter when I talk to women and I can sell them on muscle and I can, you know, change their reversed thinking about, you know, um, you know, much of the same thinking that I had that muscle was going to be unattractive, that, you know, that was meaningless to, to me. Um, you know, I just, you know, as I said, it, 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 I stand behind this um, because I've experienced it. Um, you know, I remember times, you know, where I did something physically and said, well, how, you know, how did I do that? And, or, you know, the times that I started to see the definition in my body, the first time I started to think that sex, you know, that muscle was sexy, um, <laughs> and sexier. And, and, and now for me, I mean, will always be sexier than being thin, you know, being strong and feeling empowered and that carrying on into, it's like a domino effect into so many other decisions in your life when you are doing something so, um, beneficial and empowering um, as strength training. Uh, you know, it's it's not a hard sell. And, and women just, they can identify with me because I shared their thinking. Right. At women, one time. Are women still worried about bulking up? Are you, are you still meeting, meeting women that come into the gym and saying, I don't want to bulk up? Or, or you find that they're a little bit more aware of the benefits of building muscle? I think so. I have found... Um, more often that when women say, I don't want to bulk up, what they are saying is, in it's their polite way of, of saying, strength training isn't for me, let's not waste our time on that because what I need is cardio. I need to burn calories. That's their way of saying, I'm going to tell you how to train me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anne brought something up yesterday. We were talking about this, the expectations that we have to kind of change those expectations and sometimes they've never really thought of it that way just like we never thought of it that way before we kind of were introduced to this and experienced it never thought of why you would want to have muscle or what ex and that tone toning up is actually mm -hmm. muscle so and you were saying yesterday about you know when you have somebody new come in a woman come in and they they Basically, what was the woman that came in the other day? Well, she she just you know stated very firmly, I need to look and feel different in in four workouts. I said, okay, yeah, thirty days. Well, you might feel different. I don't know how you're going to look in four workouts because that's that's basically a month. Um, depending on how you're eating and what your genetics dictate, you know, it's going to be a lot of factors going on. How much sleep are you getting? Are you doing all the right things? I can't control what people do once they leave the studio. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to get people to understand, you know, is, well, as realistically as I can, how on earth do we get it into everybody's minds to settle in and enjoy the journey and stop looking for that overnight change? It's, it's not something that, you know, may or may, it may or may not happen quickly. For some, it'll happen f faster than others. What, what is it? Define it. It mm -hmm. could be for them, like Nicole says, weight loss. Usually that's generally the premise that when people come in, I just want to lose weight. How long will it take? Uh, <laughs> it's a really tough question to answer because there's a lot of things you have to factor in. Um, but what, the one thing I will tell everybody who comes in with that accelerated timeline in their head is I'm going to say, look, you're going to be stronger next week than you were this week. I'll tell you that. 
And if you do this every week, your strength gains will be very measurable in a time period that's probably sooner than you can imagine. Um, you're, you, going, you're going to get very strong. And then, oh, that, then, yeah, then we get into the, oh, but I don't want to get, you know, bulky. I'm like, no, 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 no. Strength and size are not, not necessarily synonymous. When I do a consult with a woman, they, they, they always say they want to bulk up. And my answer to them actually is, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, they're like, what? And then I go into the whole benefit of muscle. But I say, you know, you should be so lucky that you would bulk up uh, so quickly. That, that's a dream to be able to bulk up. That can only mean we'll just work out less if you have that tendency. But most women don't have that tendency. So I like I, I say it for the kind of like the shock value to kind of wake them up a little bit. Then you have to explain mm-hmm. to them why. Why do they want to be strong? Yeah. You know, because they might not have ever put those two things together. Why do I want to be strong? And mm-hmm. then as you get older... <clears throat> that's why I think some of our, uh, the majority of our clients are middle-aged to older women because mm-hmm. they start to finally go, well, you know, I want to just be able to know that I'm not going to injure myself. I, I want to be able to do the same things that I was doing before. You feel more energetic. You're able to lift things, carry things. You're more autonomous. You don't have to have help from people. Nope. We had a 90-year-old woman client who uh, fell down a flight of stairs. And literally a week later, she came in all bruised up on her face and everything, but she actually was able to work out. And her doctor said, asked her, like, you know, how did you do that? Like, how did you not get seriously hurt? And she said, well, I've been strength, strength training with high intensity exercise. He said, well, that saved your life. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that I'll never forget that story. And, uh, you know, for women and men. I mean, to be 90 years old and fall down a flight of stairs, again, that's usually a very serious situation. And how long had she been a client, Adam? Good question. At that point, she's been, she was a client for several years. And, uh, you know, when she, she used to, act, another point about her, actually, now that you bring it up, is when she first started working out with us, you know, she was unstable on her feet. She had a, she used a cane and a walker uh, to just stabilize herself. And uh, towards the end of her tenure with us, she moved. She moved out of the state eventually. But towards the end of her tenure with us, she didn't need to walk around the gym with a walking stick anymore. She just felt fine on her own two feet. And you know, again, she just felt so much more secure with her walking and her balance. And a lot of people think they have to stand on some unstable surface in the gym to work on their balance. But, of course, really balance comes from just getting stronger. And that's what happened with her. Here's a little story I can share. All right. If that helps anybody that might be listening. I'm 51 years old. I had a tonsillectomy on March 30th just a few months ago. And uh, that surgery, I was told, was going to be hell's hayride, which it was. I'm not going to lie. It was (laughs) not easy to wake up in, in in the recovery room with your tonsils freshly cut out. But... Uh, I was back at work in two weeks and I was told I would be out of work a minimum of two weeks and by week three maybe I'd be out of my pajamas. Um, so my recovery, I, I, I think, I truly believe with every fiber of my being, I think that my recovery turnaround had a lot to do with the fact that I had been tending my muscle garden for all the years I'd been tending it and it's never too late to start mm-hmm. working on the, uh, you know, your, your, the center point of your body's economy 
the very structural tissue that matters, that, that dictates so, mon- so much as far as how well other subservient systems are going to be up to snuff. So I believe I made a great turnaround on a health basis. <clears throat> I could have been in much worse shape than I was, and I, and I was like, nope, I'm back. Get out of my way. Give, and give me pe- my stopwatch. People may look at Anne yeah. and go, oh, well, you look great. You know, you're, you're, you've been training for a long time. But when she came to Inform Fitness, when, when we first started working together at Inform Fitness, she looked great, but she was exhausted. Mm-hmm. She was exhausted, and she was not strong. Nope. You know? And so now she's like, not only is she not exhausted, well, mm. I, don't, I can't speak for that. No. Sometimes we are still exhausted, we but... Are. She's so much you know, stronger, you know? Yeah. It's a difference. I think Anne brings up such an important point. And, and Anne went into a surgery in, in excellent shape. Now, but the majority, when, they, when their pre-existing condition uh, is, you know, deficiency of muscle, you know, any sort of trauma or critical illness. I mean, we can't control these things. Mm-mm. Right. You, you set yourself up for, you know, maybe your normal function to, to never recover. I mean, if you go into, if you, I mean, I kind of think mm-hmm. um, of strength training as, you know, I'm arming myself for the uncontrollable, the unpredictable. You know, I could get really sick. I could get hit by a car tomorrow. My kids could attack me any minute. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, I want to make sure that I'm going into, you know, life um, trying to contribute to one of the factors that I can control. Yeah, exactly. So you can recover from those things. You yeah. got to have reserves. And not to mention the, the bone density. Mm. That is a huge thing. And especially it, it accelerates for women, you know, after menopause, it accelerates. And so if you're doing this strength training, you're going to be continually, as Anne said, tending that garden Mm -hmm. of strength with your bones and your tendons and your muscle and every, you know, and then it becomes, you are, you're much more vital. And we have clients and I know they have them in New York too, that are, you know, 60 over. We have, I have a 79 year old client. She just came in yesterday and she, she's been coming for four years and she's, you know, still very vital and very driving around and doing everything. And she said, you know, she doesn't want to be that hunched over, you know, you start to get hunched over, you start to shuffle a little bit. And you know, it's, it makes all the difference in your quality of life. It does. And I have a lot of women that that in uh, more women than men, they have a fear of falling. And some of them aren't even, they're That's not even true. in their golden years yet. They're just afraid of it because it, they know someone that it's happened to and they're terrified of the, uh, you know, the repercussions when you don't have a body that's, mm-hmm. you know, you have weak bone density, you have, you know, reduced muscle strength, you don't have the ability to catch a fall because you don't have, you don't have any reflexes, you know, or you're, yeah, exactly. you're stabilizing muscles are trashed, you know? Th- yeah. Because women are always trying to be skinny right. and, you know, lose the weight and then they, so they end up getting older and then they're just frail. And that's, you know? that's a problem so here in like Hollywood s- specifically in, in oh, this, this yeah. celebrity c- crowd. We have a lot of, a lot of people who want to get as tiny as they can. They don't care what they're made of. They don't care that their tiny weight is comprised of bone and skin. They just want to have a certain number on the scale. They don't care. They don't care. And yeah. it's, it's, that's been a battle of mine as a trainer for years. 
is trying to understand. And then they'll turn around and say to me, but I want to look more like you. And I'm like, well, you better start lifting like a man. <laughs> because yes. that's, I mean, my genetics are yeah. not, That you know, was terribly sexist. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> whatever <laughs> so but it's true i mean I, I deal with a lot of a lot of that in my in my past where oh i don't want to you know they, they'll do they'll do two or three workouts with me and this is not a this is not you know not a power of 10 in workout but just generally personal training but prior to coming into the studio and doing this with sheila i would run into that a lot oh i think my thighs are getting too big already i'm like i've trained you for two weeks <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh! What is this? I've heard that in two weeks' yeah. time too. I th my pants I don't fit. I think I don't think this is good for me. Um, I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's just really. Yeah, it's a constant battle. But maybe I with know. Wonder Woman out now, yeah. maybe more younger girls will start to get into this a little sooner and yeah. be a little stronger. You take a look at Robin Wright's shoulders and go, yeah, I want oh, some yeah. of that. <laughs> she looks hot. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the way she looks. <laughs> There's definitely a sea change happening yeah i think i hope so what are, what are the obstacles in making that transition in thinking you know the ladies here are over 40 50 you know what i'm saying if, we're, if you're communicating to women in their in their 20s or in their early 30s where the, i mean i guess the the pursuit to be really really skinny is kind of always there or you know to be attractive and sexy or whatever um obviously things change as we get older hormones and stuff like that but the thing is you know uh you know you all have profound stories of getting a sense of vitality of that sense of strength where strength became more important to you than maintaining a certain image and maybe some of you were able to maintain the image while in the pursuit of being strong, but I guess um, you know my you know as a trainer, I, I train lots of men and women, and I I have to battle a lot of these questions as a man and trying to be empathetic and understanding to a woman. And basically, I guess uh, going back to the original question is is this is the transition like what are the obstacles of that transition in thinking, and what are the breakthrough moments like? when they when they do actually happen from from going yeah. from vanity or being the thin sexy thing to really valuing strength you know i think they have to feel it mike i mean the the biggest challenge um in my experience with this age group of women you know 30 to 35 who are are you know where i've seen the light bulb go off it's after they have tried it and they've actually they physically feel different mm -hmm. for the first time in a long time. I mean, granted, they have looked how they have wanted to look for some time, but have probably felt like crap the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, a few workouts in, whether they're still questioning whether this is for them or not, the light bulb happens when they start to feel different. Physically, they don't feel exhausted and sick and run down. Um, and I think the physical empowerment comes first. The mental empowerment comes second. Um, and, and, and that's been my experience. But I've definitely seen that switch flipped. Yeah, I think the one of the big things, too, and I always tell women this when they first start, younger women especially, 
when you come in here, you're going to lift these heavy weights. You're going to do something every week that you didn't think you could do before. You're going to be lifting 100 pounds on the chest press, which I, you know, it's like amazing. And we give out these little awards kind mm-hmm. of, but it's, it literally makes you feel mentally stronger and emotionally stronger. I think these, these women come out of here, like even, you know, all the women, older women, um, just kind of celebrate the fact, like Mike, if you're trying to celebrate that fact that they have just achieved something that they probably never thought they could do, and they're strong, and now they can go into their life and deal with whatever you know they're dealing with, with that knowledge. I had a client not too long ago, uh, before we began our workout, she was in our lobby, our waiting area, and she said, wait, I, before we get started, check this out. And she, she stood up out of, the, out of her chair. She said, do you see what I just did? I said, I do. Because she came in with really, really tough knees. She said, I have not been able to get up out of a chair without an arm, without arm rests or anything like that in a long time. Wow. She, she said, and I'm going to do it again. Watch. <laughs> she yeah. was, uh, and I was. Uh, that's that's one of one of her breakthrough moments. That sometimes res- it resonates with them when they they have a victory like that when they're coming in because they hurt. They've got a compromised joint, and it's getting in their way of just doing the things that make them happy: recreational hiking, cycling, whatever they like to do, and they can't do it anymore. So they have to come in, and they finally have to face face the music, which is let's get your muscles strong. Let's get you strong. And then things will fall into place. And I also think that women take on a lot of, you know, obviously we're raising the children and not that the men don't, but it's, you know, we traditionally are more nurturing. We give more, we take on more. And so this is something that can fit into our schedule that we can do just for us that will help us really feel good and feel really strong, you know, and to help with all those other areas. So and it's very sustainable. That's another thing. Yeah. Women, especially, um, you know, when if they're busy in their lives and they're dealing with that that three ring circus life that they often have, which is the full time job, the kids, the thing, the husband. Again, not that husbands don't have that role too, but from a woman's standpoint, they the people that we retain the longest are those who can't stand working out and right. those who uh, really don't have the time for it. Of course, mm-hmm. the once a week deep dose is something that they're willing to go through so that they can have the the liberty to go off and take care of life. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps them coming back because then a week later they're coming in and they're doing more weight than they did a week prior um, in most cases. And they're starting to make serious progress. The journey is, is amazing for them. And it's amazing for me as an instructor to watch it happen. I see it time and time again. And I'll, you know, oftentimes I'll take somebody back to the first day of their visit. And I'm like, this is what you did on the leg press that right. first day. Look what you did today. Look how much time has gone by. It's not even been that long. And they are completely thrilled that they were not tethered to a gym four or five days a week and stuck on a hamster wheel doing tons of cardio. And that, yeah. again, if that's what you like to do, you know, I'm just I'm just saying this is this is not something that we focus on. We focus on getting you strong as possible so that you can actually take care of life, take care of the things that you are dealing with as a woman. That's a fun demonstration because usually when people come here for the first time and you're baselining them on a relatively lower weight mm-hmm. and then they, they still feel thrashed by it mm-hmm. and then you bring them back to it and it feels like a, you know, like a pillow. You it's know? embarrassing. Yeah. 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 You bring them back to it. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I remember that first day when it was impossible to do this and now it's like a piece of cake. Yep. It's, a, it's an awesome demo to see. 
It is. I did 100 pounds my first day on my, Sheila brought me in that first day. I had 20 years of bodybuilding. She puts me under these protocols, gets me on leg press, and all I could do was 100 pounds, and I tapped out in two minutes. Um, and right before my surgery, I was just about 300 pounds on that thing. I know. This is amazing. So, and no, I was, I did not have quadzilla thighs. And that's what yeah. I, I have to remind, especially the ladies, I'll ask them, how much weight do you think I can lift on that thing? And I'll tell them, and they're like, no way. I said, do I look like a beast? No. I'm like, no, I'm not a beast. But I am very strong. And, you know. Sexy beast. Well, sexy Sexy beast. beast. Sexy beast. Well, it's just genetics, too. You know, like, how are you built? Mm -hmm. What's going to, you know, what are your muscles? How are they shaped? Mm -hmm. How is that going to look on you? And, you know, I can say for myself as well, I'm up to, like, 290. Very strong. (laughs) Very strong. I can't believe. And on my... I'm still wearing the same size. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you, I know, mean, you might be I need to size. adjust my nutrition, you know, because of, but I believe that that's, you know, just as you get older, you have to con- constantly kind of gauge, okay, what's going on now? What's going on now? And just, you know, learn to deal with your body as it is now. But I can honestly say I just had a birthday. I turned 39. Woo-hoo. I don't think I have ever felt as good or looked as good. Um, and I, you know, I love if I can fit in an extra workout here and there. But the truth is, I mean, 20 minutes once a week. If it weren't for that luxury, I wouldn't be doing anything, and uh, right. and and I would not be in the shape that I am now. It's it's a life changer. Incredible. I just kind of want to remind the ladies, especially since this is a female bent episode, that to remind the simple fact that your cardiovascular game changes when your muscle improves not when you get on a treadmill for several hours a week so please if you're hearing this please understand that you need to target your muscle in order to become a more cardiovascularly efficient beast that's got to happen you can't skip you, you can't skip weight training you can't i mean strength training specifically you can't skip that please if you're hearing that don't skip and stick to the treadmill and do nothing else that's my one wish for yeah. this world that's my changer. Very mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. <laughs> I echo that. <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much. Thanks for giving me a break today and, and, and taking the uh, floor. It was wonderful listening to you and uh, always lovely seeing you guys. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> and we thank you on the other side of the speakers for joining us for the Women of Inform Fitness. We'll include links in the show notes to Sheila, Anne, and Nicole's bio pages, which can all be found at informfitness.com. And if you happen to be near the Leesburg or Reston, Virginia area, we invite you to pop on over and say hello to our guest, Nicole Gustafson. Tour their facilities and give this Power of 10 workout a try for yourself. Or perhaps you're out here on the West Coast and in the Los Angeles area. I'm sure our very own Sheila Melody and our guest, Ann Webb Kirkland, would also love to show you around the Toluca Lake Burbank location. That is where I usually spend my Sunday mornings. There are several other locations across the U.S., such as Boulder, Colorado, Denville, New Jersey, Long Island, New York, and, of course, headquarters for the Inform Fitness Empire, Manhattan. There you'll find Mike Rogers and Inform Fitness founder, Adam Zickerman. You know, Adam is also the author of a New York Times bestselling book, 
Power of 10, the once-a-week slow-motion fitness revolution. Adam's book will come in handy for those who are not near an informed fitness location because inside the book you'll find several demonstrations of exercises that you can perform in the comfort of your own home or even at a local gym. We'll have a link in the show notes to pick up Adam's book through Amazon. Okay, next week our guest is Doug Brignoli, a professional bodybuilder for over 30 years. Doug has deep knowledge of biomechanics and training principles, and some of Doug's training methods are very different from those that we talk about here with the Power of 10 protocol. Adam, Mike, and Doug will compare and contrast the various training principles for what promises to be a very interesting episode. Thanks again for listening. And for Adam Zickerman, Mike Rogers, and Sheila Melody of Inform Fitness, I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network.